<laughs> Hello, welcome to Secret Truths, Episode 8, with Josh, Spencer, and Victoria is here as well. And Spencer was just saying... That uh, unicorns are the best type of corn. That unicorns are the best type of corn. Uh, this is what we're debating today. No, it's not what we're debating today, but I don't know if that's true. Uh, I think corn in the cob is better than unicorns. Have you eaten unicorn, Josh? Uh, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Mm. Uh, that, Voldemort would be angry, given, but... given the fact you still think regular corn is better. I, I have a <laughs> feeling that you might be, you might be trying to pull the wood, the, the wood, the wool over my eyes. The wood oh, over your God, eyes. God, this yes. is not going to be. Yes. Oh no, this is great. Preemptive we... apologies to the listeners. Uh, this is not going to be overly coherent. Yes. Spencer, Spencer, why don't you tell us why you're not very coherent today? Uh, my doctor recommended I try taking my antidepressant, which is amitriptyline, uh, half in the morning, half before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. I have and tried it for two days now, and both days I feel dazed and confused. So uh, I'm going to stop doing that now. Uh, You've turned into a young Sean Penn. <laughs> and so we all know where that goes into the old oh, Sean dear. Penn. So that's probably not great, but you know. No, knows? no. I prefer to not turn into old Sean Penn. He does a lot of charity work. Well, I, you know, I but I just prefer to turn into the old me. There you go. Not <laughs> so, the old me is in the past. I mean, the future old me that's currently projected. Indeed. That uh, parse that sentence. Uh, so yep. welcome to Secret Truths. My name is Josh Bashinsky. And if you've never listened to Secret Truths before, Secret Truths is a show where we as the name implies, tell you what the secret truths are. That is to say, we render the truths not so secret uh, or less secret, as less secret as we can. And today's uh, title is The Secret Truth. So it is the aptly titled, it is the ultimate episode of Secret Truths, because today we will actually talk about the secret truth. We don't have any cadence towards these. Last week we were talking about ego. Now we're doing meaning of the universe, apparently. So pretty big jump in... Uh... Any psychologist listening might think that the two topics may not be dissimilar or un unconnected. As egotistical as it might be for one to claim that they know, A, the truth, never mind the secret truth. However, I am this egotistical. You could tell if you're watching the video and see my hair. Clearly yeah, a man gorgeous. with great ego. Well, thank you. Beautiful, well-kempt beard that he <laughs> does a, not stroke enough. With, with a fanboy uh, inflating my ego, it, it gets even better. Uh, uh, that, and that's, yes, that is why Spencer is around, of course. That's, that's the whole reason, to, to, to fill my, my uh, selfish, horny pride, to quote Chris Cornell. Uh, the great, late Chris Cornell. Also, and, speaking of ego, I painted my nails. Oh, Although okay. that one got, no, yeah, that one got a little screwed up. It's not focusing, but it got mushed. Ah, so uh, for those of you who are not watching the video and listening to the audio playback. Come watch the video. No. <laughs> Spencer has just shown us his nails resplendent in, how would you describe them, Spencer? Sparkly. Sparkly. There's no better description than this. Victoria, I do put you... lots of sparkles in there. <laughs> Victoria, let us know if you have any comments in the chat regarding Spencer's nails or my ego or or any of these uh, things or uh, my you, nails ego uh, your nails the ego the ego of the sentient beings which is Spencer's nails apparently ah! no, uh, <laughs> uh, oh no they're getting revenge apparently they don't like the color you've, you painted no. them so today is the secret truth and uh, none of this is is that uh, what we were talking about uh, however uh, Victoria says ha 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 I, I agree 
uh girls laughing at us that is the secret truth <laughs> pretty girls laughing at us and that's kind of how we end up how we are that that seems that tracks that seems about right uh if my, sounds... if my uh if my online dating world is uh has taught me anything that seems the uh the most apropos uh, uh oh no i wanted okay well seeing as you approach the topic i was going to avoid asking you about your online dating uh, well how but, would the fans ever learn josh how, how would, would they ever, how would all those seven of, you, of our fans ever those learn? of you just tuning in spencer has been trying online dating for some time now uh, uh a gross, a gross like misadventure uh uh to be sure um uh, and so how is it going now spencer has has it changed in, in any way in any uh, meaningful way no it's it's still pretty i did i i had a date scheduled for sunday oh. i told you about this yes and uh uh it fell through <laughs> yeah. so a better a better option came along yeah, for the yeah, the yeah, the young lady yeah. um but that's okay because uh i instead of online dating i'm using uh my sister's connections now and she set me up with one of her friends for <laughs> like, thursday ah, so ah the the, yeah. the old tinder ye oldie yeah, the, tinder yeah the the Your original friends and tinder. family setting you up yep yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay, well, you know, that has been a tried and tested uh, true method since time immemorial. There's another sacred truth. You want to find somebody? Get your friends and family to hook you yeah. up. Yeah, exploit your connections. <laughs> Indeed, exploit your connections. Uh, yes, the tech billionaires in Silicon Valley will try to deign to make us all believe that they can solve every single one of our human problems, not the least of which, horniness. But it seems that uh, despite the brilliance of uh, ye mentioned tech billionaires, that they are not able to solve all problems or all problems as well as they once promised, showing Silicon Valley tech to be the grift that it is. Oh my. Another secret truth. Yeah. Boom, we got- Packing them in today. Two, 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 two. In, this, in only 20 seconds. Now it's been more than 20 seconds, but- but two in one episode josh boom i know i thought that was illegal we are the gift that keeps on giving yep. um merry christmas it is, it is happy holidays indeed be uh, good to each other that's another sacred truth being good to each other is good three count them we're <laughs> just i've become rocking the rick rolling up in here mm -hmm. uh hey josh are unicorns real are unicorns real so let me tell you a spencer no a story. Let me tell you a story, Spencer. Let me tell you a Spencer. Story. Let me tell you a Spencer story. Uh, that's uh, you know that's because Did you I... take your amitriptyline this morning too. <laughs> no, no, I, I took it last night. I take it at night. Um, uh, but apparently, um, I'm I'm not entirely sure that this is all not a figment of my imagination, mm. which is why I said, "Let me tell you a Spencer." Let me tell you a story, young Spencer. It's about when I was doing my master's degree at a little university called Dalhousie, which is a great little college, a uh, little university in a great little town in Canada called Halifax, one of my favorite Canadian cities. It's a beautiful historic town uh, nestled on the east coast of Canada, on the uh, beautiful Atlantic, the sometimes, the sometimes uh, temp tempestuous, contemptuous, tempestuous uh, Atlantic. Uh, cold winters, but uh, beautiful falls. If you've if you've never experienced autumn, until you've seen an autumn in Halifax, because of the uh, prodigious amount of maple trees, and they go these beautiful colors of umber and reds and golds, in uh, just a, a, a just a, a canvas of this before your eyes uh, in in the uh, the fall months. 
Josh, we should do a separate podcast where you just describe things. Sure. That was beautiful. Well, it's hey. Like, it's like food porn, but with description. Well, that's what a podcast is, isn't it? Food porn? I don't know. Porn Have you heard for some your of them? ears. Have you heard some of the podcasts? It's more like food assault. <laughs> well, I didn't say that uh, everybody gave good pod. I, <laughs> I try to give good pod. So anyway, uh, it's a, save uh, it for the OnlyFans, John. Save it for the OnlyFans. Uh, no, you get everything. Um, so anyway, I was doing my master's degree. My wife was there as well with me, of course, in beautiful uh, Dalhousie. And um, one night, uh, I found that t- doing a master's degree at Dalhousie was not unlike being in a frat in that we drank a lot. Apparently, the, the major pastime, and I'm sure the Halifaxonians and the uh, northern sister city, uh, Dartmouth, Dartmouth, that uh, they filmed uh, Trailer Park Boys and actually it was filmed in Dartmouth. That's the accent. Uh, if you want to know the accent of Dartmouth, it's the Trailer Park Boys. Uh, There's beautiful. your fourth secret truth. <laughs> The There's day. the fourth secret truth. Yeah. The most important one I will mention today, probably. Trailer Park Boys. Watch it from the beginning if you have it. Yeah, it's good. Preferably not in order uh, because then it's even funnier because you have even, no, you idea no idea what's, idea going, what's going, on. going on. You're like, what? Ricky is... Anyhow. And so, yet somehow you also exactly know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. a good... Somehow, yeah, it's like Seinfeld in a way. It's formulaic, yeah. but but uh, non, non-episodic seemingly. And uh, so we drank a lot. And so uh, we, also, we always had these Friday symposiums. Now, I regret to inform you, Spencer, that uh, when I was younger, uh, such as yourself, a young, a young Josh, wet and dewy behind the ears, making exactly that face you just made, for those of you who are watching, uh, Spencer have, had a, a grin that can only be described as skeletal. And, uh, and then you said wet and dewy behind the ears, and yes. it immediately turned into a scowl. Still, <laughs> it's described as skeletal. Uh, indeed, indeed. Um, like a skeleton. Clean your ears. <laughs> hey, don't look at me, dude. You're the young one. Um, okay, I'm uh, going to go clean my ears, guys. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we drank a lot, right? And it was after these Friday symposiums. And I have to admit, Spencer, I have to confess that uh, I was early in my hike, maybe midway through my hike. I've always been hiking for the truth. Uh, and uh, always trucking in the hills uh, far away on the longer road of philosophy, as you now know, because you borrowed vi- my very copy of Plato's Republic, the Alan Bloom translation, where Socrates and Glaucon, my young Glaucon, go on the longer road of philosophy and don't go to the city. I'm sure you've encountered that part. You know, I do have to say, uh, yes, I have. Uh, but also, he he, it was either him or Melissa started the the their marginalia notes with glaucon um tyrant question mark so hmm. i'm uh i'm me. starting to i'm starting to take the the glaucon comparison a, a little well i shouldn't be insulted maybe it's a good reflection i might need to reevaluate <laughs> some of my behaviors oh my you're asking for another secret truth mm. a one that plato uh would demonstrate in his dramatic dialogues by using characters for those of you who don't know plato the great philosopher Probably the greatest of all philosophers, actually. And I philosopher daddy. And I will say that with uh of the period behind it. Um uh never wrote a treatise. He always wrote in dramatic dialogue, like a play. Uh the central character of which was his teacher, uh his beloved so- uh, Socrates, or Socrates, as I like to call him. Um 
not always though. Socrates was not always the chief character, but often. And in this particular dialogue, so Socrates and Glaucon, and I'll get back to the Halifax story and the unicorns in a second. Hold on. It all ties in together. It all ties in. As it always does. Uh, folks, as it always listen does. Listen to our other episodes and you'll be like, ah, it's full circle every time. Full, full circle. Um, Glaucon is a particular kind of character. Glaucon's brother is Adamantus. And these are actually historical characters in uh, Attic Greece in Athens. You can look it up if you like. Or at least so I believe. I don't know. I'm not a historian. I could be lying completely. The only thing I don't lie to you about is the truth. Everything else could be a lie entirely. And probably is, actually. Uh, being this being showbiz and showbiz being a lie another greek truth that aristotle we're a special us. kind of people known as show josh has no idea what that's from <clears throat> uh, something uh, i'm sure <laughs> um uh, and uh glaucon uh is a character that can be philosophic or they can turn into a tyrant that is often the role of the philosopher those who so long for truth and so long for meaning and so long to know the answer to the question why that if they do not come up with a satisfactory enough answer and i was actually discussing this with victoria today that if they do not come up with a satisfactory answer they their perfection is in philosopher but their debasement is becomes tyrant so angry that there is no truth if they don't encounter it uh that they wish to hurt and destroy everything that they encounter to quote uh, Tombstone, there's a hole inside them they can never fill, to quote Val Kilmer. Speaking of uh, uh, Reese's character, Kyle Reese, Ben Reese, what was that actor's name? I can't remember. Michael Reese's Bien. pieces. Michael okay, Bien. we were very Michael off. Um, so that's Glaucon's character. So in a way, Socrates is trying to save Glaucon by taking him on the longer road away from politics, away from, and again, in uh, uh, Attic Greece at the time, in Athens, politics would have been a dirty business where the Cephalus character, who you will encounter very soon, the fatherly character, is riddled with guilt because of the terrible things he had to do to, uh, to conduct business in, uh, in uh, uh, Athens at, in the day. And their uh, morality, their uh, argument, what morality is, is being good and appearing noble and magnanimous in public, but being evil and as shady and as efficiently murderous as possible in private. Uh, much we, have, how... we have a simple, a similar uh, uh, concept in in accounting, in auditing specifically. Uh oh, I'm sure you froze. do. Oh, there we go. Okay, it's it froze for a second. I panicked. Uh, where in auditing, one of the the principal uh, necessities of uh, of an auditing firm is that they need to be independent in fact and also in appearance. Otherwise, mm -hmm. there is no point to be independent in fact for the auditor. Yes. Uh, and uh, this truth of how to appear magnanimous and good in public, but how to be as shady and as evil and as efficient and ruthless in that sense, how's Machiavellian in that sense, mm -hmm. is as old as time and was echoed again and again, again through Machiavelli's uh, masterpiece, The Prince, one of the second or third best works of philosophy ever written, aside from Plato. Um, and you might not think Machiavelli's The Prince was a work of philosophy. Oh, yes, most decidedly, most deciduously it was assiduously that's coniferously. a tree josh i think that's a tree yeah but i'll pretend it was Fine. a tree of knowledge i was referring to yes no most uh asiago ish i think that's cheese now but um uh uh and then of course we mentioned you, those silicon... you gotta be kidding me <laughs> I, I gotta be kidding you <laughs> don't feta uh never mind um uh uh 
Uh, but we were mentioning those Silicon Valley tech brothers, uh, and that's exactly what Google, for example, and Facebook and all those companies try to portray. And Google is probably the best uh, out of them, is that they portray this benign, don't be evil, we're good, you know, don't look over here, don't look under the carpet about the evil, evil, terrible things and people they hurt, uh, uh, all uh, because they wish to seek, uh, they think they've found the truth, and they think that there is no truth, and so uh, they have the same uh, modus operandi as the Nazis, actually, quite frankly, there is no truth, and so the strong should rule, and what's the point of the game then? Well, it is to make money, it's to seek power, and that's how capitalism runs, actually, capitalism is Nazism, in monotistic form um there's the fifth secret truth for there we you. go we're just filling them today that we're one just feels full of like today. that one feels like it might need some more unpacking uh from folks but overall not at I'm all it stands you. it stands as it is um so uh like i said we're getting a lot of really drunk <laughs> so uh it was after one of these fridays friday symposiums that i was particularly depressed uh because there was no one around there like me no one understood like no no one longed for truth like i longed and still long for truth no one no one understood her like i understand her no one wished to woo her as i wished to woo her uh and in fact they seemed to be all pretenders to this tender courtship for which i felt that they were unsatisfactory for a grace and a love and a beauty as good as her uh and feeling that loneliness but of course, still she resisted me. She did not uh, succumb to my wooing, and would not uh, uh, would not open herself to me and allow me to make love with her and make beautiful truths. Uh, so I was still searching for her in the hills. Uh, and so despondent with this, as you can imagine, much uh, so, Spencer, you're not the only one who is seeking your lover. Uh, we all do, uh, as we seek the truth, if I may use the metaphor of truth being a lover. You may, well, of course, to, to continuing your metaphor, it, it very much now makes even more sense to not find truth or a lover on dating apps. That's the uh, yes, <laughs> kind of ipso facto at that point. <laughs> I've got news for you: the yeah. internet doesn't have those things. Uh, not 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 in ready yeah. supply anyway, and not for free, and <laughs> not for free. I'm afraid. Yes, everything has been purchased, owned, and delved out. Eight to eight twenty four per click. So at any rate, uh, I was sitting there. You were, you were very drunk. Dr uh, uh, drinking with my fellow lovers of truth, my fellow long, those long, long for truth. Uh, the real ones who were there, the, the few ones, uh, true philosophers who longed for truth. And the, the majority of them who were, were, of course, pretenders. And I was a little bit annoyed because quite often in philosophy courses, anyone who's taken an intro philosophy course can attest to this, at least in the West, in Anglo-American circles. Uh, the unicorn is often drawn up, sadly, is enlisted and conscripted as a symbol of nonsense. They'll say unicorns are not real. They'll say unicorns don't exist, as if that's true. And then my brain has never, this has never sat right with me. It has always bothered me somewhat that they would say that unicorns aren't real. Not because I wish for unicorns to be real in some fanciful, magical, romantic sense. I mean, I do. Legend. I think I think any rational person would also want unicorns to be real. Sure, and and so perhaps I was girlish in this uh, notion, like a girl in grade four writing unicorns, unicorns, unicorns in her notebook and and drawing. Oh, that's, that's a gender specific thing, but yeah, uh, it typically has been. I don't know, perhaps 
perhaps uh, memes. Down with the gender norms. I've got painted nails. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Indeed, uh, perhaps the gender norms have changed as they do. The zeitgeist is uh, passed by me. Let's all enjoy unicorns. I'm not saying men can't enjoy unicorns. I just said that I was enjoying them. And it it, uh, rubbed me the wrong way that uh, these people would say that unicorns aren't real. Because if unicorns truly were not real, then I realized we couldn't speak of them. You cannot speak of that which is unreal. If you can speak about it, it is real in some way or fashion. And I, I voiced this opinion to uh, my fellow students, and they laughed at my incredulity, of course. It seemed incredible. That is to say, not credible. That's what, literally what incredible means. It seemed not credible, impossibly credible, impossible to be credible, credible, because, of course, they knew that the entire world was nothing but molecules and there was nothing else. Apparently, math was not real. Apparently, logic didn't exist, even though that's the primary method of philosophy. They just they believe this contradiction in their soul simultaneously, that logic is what I'm doing and the basis of my profession and what I'm seeking here and what every paper I write is written upon. Yet at the same time, it doesn't exist because at the end of the day, you can't weigh uh, a logic atom. What is the atomic weight of a logic atom? How much does a contradiction uh, weigh? I think I think Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy answer this, and it's just forty-two. Mm. It's what the weight of all those? I don't know what the <laughs> what the what the actual uh, units of measurement is, but forty-two seems uh, like a good answer. Eight furlongs to a blue soup. Yeah, that's the unit yeah. of measure. Seventy-three <laughs> nat anuses on the head of a pin. Yes, yes, indeed. I've got the answer. You're not going to like it. Forty-two, um, and so they laughed at me, of course. Uh, which, as I mentioned earlier, uh, from pretty girls such as Victoria to anybody laughing at me, uh, was not uh, uh, an unknown sensation in my youth or now, quite frankly, uh, and uh, was you know could largely frame the entirety of of my youth. That's why Josh and I are doing this podcast and not like aggressively playing football and hiding in our <laughs> masculinity that we don't quite accept or comprehend. Mm, oh, I accept and comprehend my masculinity. No, I yeah, I know that was the point. Was uh, I was uh, saying that's what we're we're doing that now because we were laughed at. <laughs> well, not then, arguably <laughs> for sure, definitely. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yes, uh, at this age when I was doing my master's degree, because I was in my thirties, so I had well mastered my physicality by that point, and I'd already been doing martial arts for fifteen years or so, and I already had three black belts, so I had decided I'd taken upon myself when I was fifteen or sixteen after all the beatings I had received. And the lack of uh, of mastering my physicality, although you know I tried to master my physicality in the very uh, lurid and uh, tongue in cheek way that I'm I'm uh, alluding to at this moment, but not at so much the rest of my body. So I had taken upon myself in those uh, young dappled years to learn martial arts, to uh, to learn my physicality, which again is very Greek uh, in the sense that uh, dance, they said, was the most beautiful of the arts. Uh, uh, dance uh, or gymnastic being uh, a close facsimile to martial arts, the kind of martial arts I was into anyway, which was more Chinese martial arts, which again has a more of a dance flowing, uh, full bodied, embodied component. I learned how to climb walls. Hey, that's good too. <laughs> that's there's no better way to learn your body than to put it pit it against a mountain. Climb away from danger towards <laughs> more danger. Towards more danger. Yes, uh, gravity. Anyways, Josh, you were Gravity. drunk talking about unicorns. Uh, yes. So um, so they laughed at me, of course, because I said, of course, unicorns are real. And they're like, then what is it? 
And I'm like, well, it's a real imaginary creature that exists on posters on the walls of many young girls. And on Spencer's shirt he's wearing and right now. Currently on Spencer's shirt. Uh, and they laughed and they stopped and they went, eh? like, because of course I'm right. And they're like, oh, you know, oh, okay. But they didn't really, they didn't really, and they didn't really get this. You know, they're laughing at me and then we decided to go to a different party because we're at a pub and there was another party going on. So we were, um, uh, and this is a very Canadian thing and very North uh, American thing too. So we were going across an ice field, uh, a frozen river, I think it was, or an ice field or something. We're skidding across this, you know, around minus 20 degrees Celsius, which is 20 degrees below freezing for those who only know Fahrenheit. We were skidding across and this field. for those field. really strange people that only know Calvin. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's very odd. Yeah. Um, I don't think those people would be human. Secret <laughs> truth number six. Yeah. Aliens exist. <laughs> um, I can prove it. In fact, I have the ocular proof. Well, in my memory anyway. So that's another and story. We all when have I saw the an alien. statistical proof. Uh, indeed. That's a different story when I saw an alien. Well, I'll leave that for another time. So I was actually skittering across the ice field and they're all laughing. Unicorns are real. I said, of course, the unicorns are real. They're all laughing. And then one of them who was actually doing their PhD, we were all in our masters, but they, he was actually doing a PhD there. He'd already he, leveled up. He kind of, he'd leveled up and he kind of settled to the back and he kind of says quietly, I imagine so the others couldn't hear. What do you, what do you mean when you say unicorns are real? Because he too was a fellow hiker and he too longed to uh, woo truth. And uh, he caught her scent in my statements. And uh, he thought, wait a minute, this is kind of interesting. How, how could this kid be saying something so, actually, I think he was younger than me, but how could this kid be saying something so, uh, uh, so radical? How could he say it so boldly? And I tried to explain to him the platonic truth, that there are different kinds of reality, that this physical stuff you see here is not the actual reality. The real, if reality is measured by its permanence, by its dependability, by its certainty, then physical reality is one of the less real realities, actually, because it is not permanent, it changes. Uh, it is not dependable, it is hard to predict, and it is not in any way certain. Uh, we must make guesses as to what has happened in the past, what is happening now, and what will happen in the future. Much unlike other truths and realities such as mathematical reality, two plus two equals four, 100% of the time with 100% certainty, you cannot say that about anything in physical reality. I mean, you could, you'd be wrong. You'd be attributing the certainty that we can only have for informational reality onto the physical. And I said, indeed, the unicorn exists as, an, uh, as a platonic form. The unicorn exists as an idea. Uh, and so until I actually see one in the physical flesh, that's all it is, just like the Sasquatch. Until I actually see one in the physical flesh, evidently, all it is is, is an idea coming from folklore, in the former sense Greek, in the latter sense uh, the Coast Salish people of the Pacific Northwest, which is where the word Sasquatch comes from. Although it's interesting to note that many different tribal peoples all over the world have talked about a kind of Bigfoot or a Wendigo or a Yeti. So uh, that leads more evidence to and credence to the myth, but it is still a myth that it is a physical real thing until we have a ocular proof until we have a cadaver and a good can... rule of thumb is to avoid large hairy things in the woods regardless of your indeed. geographic location indeed so when i'm when i'm a hiking with my shirt off yep. watch run out. run <laughs> look out i'm looking for truth yep. um, i'm looking to woo the truth <laughs> he's, he's looking to court truth and 
Josh was Sasquatch the whole time. <laughs> the truth, secret truth number six comes out. Um, yes, and so um, that's, unicorns are real, Spencer, in that uh, evidently, until we can see a cadaver, uh, they appear to be uh, an idea. Uh, uh, the, the look of them is sourced from the imagination, obviously compiled from a uh, uh, some kind of uh, horse with a narwhal horn on its head. Um, but that's uh, subjective and beside the point. Our narwhal with the horse as its body. Uh, there you right. go. You're entirely correct. It's entirely. Uh, it's I'm, entirely. I swear, I'm never taking the antidepressant president in the morning again. <laughs> I've it's got an... all the mental faculties of being high with none of the benefits of being high. Right <laughs> with, none of, with none of the benefits, right? Yeah. <laughs> none of the deleterious effects. Yes. Oh, my uh, secret truth number seven: uh, Pick your drugs wisely. Yeah, don't just don't take antidepressant till the end of the morning. It makes you sleepy. Indeed. Um, so Josh, Unless, what, of course, your doctor has told you to do so. And even then, <laughs> you know, ooh, bold statement. <laughs> uh, so Josh, what what's uh, we're we're talking a lot about reality today. I don't know how much mm. time we got left, like five minutes or something. Sure. Um, not for me, but I just mean what we generally try and keep these episodes down to. But wh- how would how would you if you could sum reality into one sentence mm-hmm. not not what is reality necessarily but what what a person considers what a, what what you and i might consider reality what could you sum that into one sentence yes would you sum that into one sentence oh you want me to sum it into one sentence sure. <laughs> no i just i just co-host to to hear you answer the first question and not elaborate at all yeah Indeed, that's, yeah can yeah. you do it josh yes great cool. and this has been secret truths too yeah exactly yeah, yeah uh no yeah. Reality... You're, you're that you're that substitute teacher that didn't <laughs> let kids go pee when they said could instead of may uh uh no i chose not to be a, a high school teacher maybe maybe that was a mistake Maybe I should become a high school teacher. I think you should become. I think you should become uh, uh, all the teachers, all, <laughs> all uh, well. of them, all every single one. No, I mean like all the grades, and then also college. Just mm. do classes Possibly. and all that. Just show them this Possibly. podcast. Oh yeah, that yeah, that'll yeah. get me in. <laughs> yeah. I uh, think that'll get you arrested. Given that'll, that'll some get of the me a restraining order. I'm sure <laughs> you cannot come within 300 yards of this school, sir. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, uh, reality is apparently that which is. That's beautiful. Now, um, notice the uh, simplicity. Yes. <laughs> he said, he humble bragged. Notice the simplicity. Uh, yeah. How after 5,000 years of human thought, how I easily de- boil it all down to its essence. <laughs> Again, speaking of ego. But uh, let's see if my ego can cash that check. The uh, apparently is the most important part. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is two nested apparently's on physical statements, and there's one nested apparently on every other statement. Reality as a concept I find lacking, actually. It, uh, you know, it's uh, my one of my favorite Robin Williams joke was the title of one, I believe, was the title of one of his comedy albums, uh, the late, great Robin Williams. And the title was this. And I had a picture of him with his face, and his face was like wide. His eyes were wide, like, whoa, like a whoa dude face. And I believe the title was reality, semicolon. What a concept, question mark. (laughs) So I spoiled the joke. Reality, what a concept. Because reality is not supposed to be a concept. It's supposed to be real. 
there you go is some of that materialism again, presuming that only physical reality is reality. But there's much more to it, apparently. And Plato, of course, rounding it back to Plato, as I can for most things. Because he was a very he said round first, man. And he quite frankly said it best. And yes, I'm sorry, Anglo-American, slightly jealous, petty little philosophers that exist today, if I dare call you that, uh, most hallowed of names. Uh, I prefer to call you academics, really. Um, uh, yes, Plato said it first and best. And yes, philosophy is really nothing but a footnote since Plato. He said that there's the, uh, and he got this from Heraclitus, actually. There is the appears to be, and then the Parmadian side, being. So there, there's the being, there's becoming and being. There's, and these are just bad English translations. There's the appears to be, that is becoming. And that's where I talked about not only physical reality, but also the, the linear nature in which we exist and we come to know certain truths, which seems to somehow, in some ways, in some cases, ruin said certain truths. For example, I said it was 100% certain that two plus two equals four 100% of the time. But what if I'm wrong, right? Two plus two equals four is a very easy equation to do in your head. Okay, yeah, I got two dots and two dots, count them, there's four dots. Yeah, okay, you can check synthetically to use the mm -hmm. content. But what about 1,246 plus 2,489.546? That is a much harder equation just to do in one's head unless you happen to be neurodivergent. Um, uh, there is a 100% certain answer, but you can't always be 100% certain of it. So then what certainty are we talking about there? Well, that is besides the point. There is a crystalline, see again, and I have to use a physical metaphor. That's the other problem is that uh, the English language especially is double loaded with physical metaphors for non-physical things. So uh, I, I wanted to say there's a crystalline set answer to that question that is 100% true, that we can know with 100% certainty, or is 100% certifiable whether we can certify it correctly if we are in the, in the right state of mind and we have the, the tools to do the math. Um, uh, because that is the nature of information reality. It is being, it exists apparently. So there's always an apparently, right? It always appears to us. We can always say apparently. And it's really interesting marking first year university papers because I don't know if you everybody remembers back to uh, their first year university if they were there or maybe some later high school uh, papers they wrote where they realized, you know, I really got to put seemingly in all these sentences. I really got to put apparently in all these sentences. And teachers keep saying, don't say that it's redundant. And I say, no, wrong teachers. You shouldn't have done that. It's not redundant. It's being honest. They've discovered something. That's secret truth number eight. They've discovered something that it apparently reality is that which is. What is that? I don't know. It appears to me in many, many different ways. Uh, I broke it down in the lectures of our, our secret philosophy club, which you too can join. Just email me at joshpachinsky at gmail.com or maybe follow the links or something on these podcasts or something. I don't know how these things work. Uh, you can find me. I'm not that hard to find. I do most of the marketing for the <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> I just throw it on my Instagram reg regularly. Cool. <clears throat> Excellent. Follow Spencer on his Instagram and then send yep. him uh, romantic things because he's looking for romance. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm sorry, Spencer, but I just signed you up for. It. But it'll be amusing. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you have anything to apologize for. <laughs> it'll be. Doc. It'll be amusing to me. There, what, what only from? good can come from that. Only good can come from that. Probably, almost certainly not. Um, there's, there's, there's uh, everything that appears to us. So everything is being perceived by us in our linear time, um, including uh, the truth, not a fact, because facts refer to physical truths hmm. uh, or physical apparently apparentlys. Um, uh, uh, including the truth that there is this informational reality 
uh, that it is certain, that it is extra time, it is extrinsic to time. That two plus two equals four and always equals four and will always equals four and equaled four before humans existed and will equal four long before we are gone. And nothing, nothing can change that. It's irrevocable, it is invisible, it is inviolable, it's uh, non-violatable, it's indestructible. Um, and it has nothing to do with the physical world. If the physical world didn't exist, two plus two would still equal four. That is to say, a duality and a duality would still be a quadrality. Uh, again, the English fails for me to explain the, the concept. Uh, you're like, what's a duality? I mean, I mean, like two. The, the two. nature, the yeah. essence of two-ness, not the symbol, the Arabic symbol two, but the essence of two-ness and the essence of two-ness taken together is always the essence of four-ness. You know, that's just what it is. It cannot Whereas, be any other way. When we're talking about physical reality, and correct me if I've, I'm, I'm or using this uh, analogy wrong, this example wrong, the stapler I have in my hand, mm -hmm. to me, this is purple. Uh, and black, but purple is the primary color on the stapler. Uh, whereas Josh, you're colorblind. Mm. Uh, sorry to out you on the podcast. Um, the shame. For your, for your eyes working differently from other people's. <laughs> the uh, eyes being stupid. Yeah, your stupid eyes being dumb. God. Uh, but this stapler might not be the same color to you. Does that mean that you are wrong? Um. Now, there is some light and wavelengths and things like that. But in terms of your reality... That stapler is, I don't know, pink, or I don't know it what is, your color. It is indeterminable. Goes. So yeah, um, that's 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 the point I was trying to it's, get. It's it's a subjective determination that cannot be objectively determined. Yeah. So so it's like again, it's the heap paradox. It's and so when, that's when does a pile become a heap? It's totally subjective. There is some uh, semi-objective guidelines, uh, but even those are subjective because all language is subjective. So when does a pile become a heap? It's totally subjective. There is no objective determination. Uh, the paradox is in thinking that there is, mm -hmm. right? So you could say what wavelength of light this is, and I could say it's 1.76 luxes or whatever, and then we can measure it, and we could, mm -hmm. even that is impossible to determine to a perfect degree because we will always, one, have a, we'll, we'll be, we, we, will un, we will not know if our measuring device measured it down to the infinitesimal decimal place correctly, and we will not know if we read it correctly, and we'll mm -hmm. not know a second later if we're remembering what we read correctly. So again, everything about the physical world is mired, apparently, in another level of appearances. Uh, it's not to say we should give it up, like some of the Greek skeptics said. Uh, we can't. We apparently live in it, and it causes us pain. So we would do well to try to predict as, as assiduously as we can, not to uh, mention the uh, as swaggy as we can, as cheesiness as we can, yeah. Uh, as uh, yes, um, and, and that's that. This is no more a the truth that unicorns exist, the fact that a physical reality the way it is is, and the truth that reality is apparently that which is, is no no greater a truth or lesser a truth than just what I have said. Is just the base level of knowledge, mm -hmm. getting it right, getting it accurate will help us move forward and resolve a lot of debate and a lot of questioning and a lot of hardship and pain. That's all. And, you know, uh, all philosophy can be boiled down into the education department. It can be solved. Yep. It should be solved. It's not that complex. Actually, I've boiled it down to 20 lectures. I could teach all of philosophy in 20 hours, a 16 hour course, an 18 hour course. Uh, and then it could just be rolled into the education department. As you might imagine, other academics in philosophy disagree, not for the least of which is that they are intending to save their tenure and save their jobs mm -hmm. and don't want to be so so embarrassed that they couldn't have figured it out in the 
tens and the decades they've been trying to study it. Uh, it only well, took me till I was 45 or so. to figure it out. Sorry, Spencer. Sorry. Yeah. It's also not they're incentivized to, they're not incentivized to figure it out. No, the, pointing they're out paid, there as well. They're paid yeah. to keep asking questions and, yeah. and pay for their salaries and yeah. get more students in to take more philosophy courses yeah. and get more into that department. Not them in, specifically. Yeah. Sure. Many, many things. Yeah. Sure. And that's secret truth. Number nine. Is it that I think we're on nine, nine. Yeah. 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 Apparently, truth number nine. apparently we're on nine. If our memories are, can be trusted, uh, but they can't can be trusted, but they can't. So we could actually be on 742 and not even know it. We could. Yeah. That, is, that is a possibility, however remote. And so these have been the secret truths of secret truths, <laughs> the secret truth of secret truths uh, that they might be hard to know, but that doesn't make it impossible to know that unicorns can be real, mm. that we long to woo truth. We long to be with her or him or them, uh, uh, you know, I, I genderize her only as I see fit. You may genderize it as you see fit or not, those folks who don't like to gender it. Uh, but as I've told Spencer, I was born a century too late or a century too early, uh, or I'm too French. I intend to engender everything and then mm-hmm. woo it. <laughs> so, like I said, I was born in the wrong century. We're making that a shirt. I'm too French. I intend to engender everything and then woo it. Indeed. We'll, we'll make it a, a bumper sticker, too. That seems like a good uh, read on the back of some Canadian's car. In the, indeed. And then I will be getting all kind of messages that are unwanted. Yeah, we'll put your email on the bottom. JoshBrzezinski <laughs> yeah, at yeah, gmail.com. That, that'll, that'll help me a lot. Come join so, the So, Victoria, if you have a comment on that, please put it in the chat. Uh, more laughing would be appropriate. Although <laughs> I, I don't wish to uh, preempt what you are, or in any way put words into your mouth. It would apparently be appropriate. Apparently, uh, Spencer, what do you think about today's secret truths we have revealed? Uh, I think there. I think, I, I think that you know, as I've started to have, uh, thank you, Victoria, nothing but love, right back at you. Um, I think uh, as I've started to sort of cultivate the this mindset's relationship with the nature of reality, our apparent nature of reality, um, I think that's helped me a lot to make better decisions, uh, accept a lot of things that go on, uh, you know, not just internally, but externally as well. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's a much healthier way to understand the, our, our apparent situation, our apparent perceptions. Indeed. Um, that is like, and then, and then also understand each other a bit more. Indeed. That is not unlike the prayer, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, God, give me the courage to, uh, or the serenity to accept that which I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference or something along those lines. I just really butchered it really, quite frankly. But, but those okay. people- you're, you're French. It's- Oui, oui. Oh, you are the best Yes. I'm curious. We're getting kicked out of France. No, no, not indeed, not at all. We've been invited to a threesome. Oh, um, uh, I'd like, however, uh, I'd like to know how Victoria and Spencer, uh, how they woo truth. Do you do engender truth? And if you do, which gender is it? I'm just curious. Or, or, or do you not? I don't personally. Uh, so truth is just an alien concept to you that you wish to. Oh, I just don't necessarily need to define it as a, as a gender. Cause I was raised solely on English and we don't really 
necessarily genderize in the basis of the language from um, what i understand we don't sir ma'am yes we don't <laughs> no i'm not i'm saying that i'm saying that we don't look at an apple and go that's feminine you know like it's it's sure not it the base level of the of the the language wooing. Sure. Well, we can we can we can i know now, this, is a, this is attention you're detecting attention between spencer uh, who is uh, who is much more woke than i and i who i i i, I tend no, to resist I don't, if you want to gender something that that it, it's not like you can go and ask the truth what its gender is and if you could you would and then if it said well, i'm actually a how I, did you i've physically... asked the truth what gender she was and she said female and some and she said come make love to me and i said yes dear I oh i see what you're saying yes okay so then that case you've asked the truth their gender they it responded to you and and uh you're good to go <laughs> he said, otherwise there's no in, there's in no issue with mind, things victoria says wooing dot yep. dot dot ah she will leave us wondering what that means well, um, if you're as disgusted as Spencer is with my unwoke gender, stop putting words. I'm not disgusted. I'm agreeing with you, you bastard. <laughs> oh, Victoria has appeared. Hey. Hello, Victoria. Set us straight, hey. please. I guess since you asked, um, yeah, w when you put the question uh, under the frame of wooing, um, I suppose that the desire to um, become absorbed in the truth to surrender myself so completely to it and um, allow myself to become at once absolutely penetrated by it, by all facets of reality, uh, real, imagined, um, however you wish to extrapolate. And I think that's whole, the whole premise for philosophy here. Uh, I, I think that approach that I find inherent to just the way I'm wired makes it rather androgynous. Mm. Mm. And I, I can, hope I can completely concur with that. Hmm. Makes perfect I like sense. I like your shirt, by the way. Uh, I was thinking earlier, I had lost a shirt um, that uh, actually had a unicorn and a Sasquatch fighting. Oh. So uh, this conversation <laughs> has made my day very coherent. That's, that's fantastic. Josh, we need to find that specific <laughs> shirt because that that's our dynamic is one of us is the unicorn and the other is the Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah ten, 10 guesses, which is which. <laughs> um, however, the question is, are they fighting or wooing? Well, Josh, given that we've wrestled before. <laughs> well, that's been Secret Truths, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary oh. friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you, Victoria, for chiming in. Uh, I agree. I think the metaphor is apt. Uh, but again, it is indeed, of course, just a metaphor. Um, except on the loneliest of nights, I suppose. Uh, and <laughs> with so, an active imagination. Uh, with a very active imagination. Tune in next week where we will uh, struggle to woo other truths and we'll see what beautiful children we can bear. I would like to thank Spencer and Victoria. No, we're not. You canceled it next week. Oh, no. Next week is the uh, supposed birthday of the supposed Christ child. 
So uh, I guess we're not doing that. <laughs> well, next week's the 27th. So, so it's well, supposedly close the, enough. The, the supposed supposed plus two. So in, <laughs> in, in, in some time in the future, this yeah. podcast will happen again. We'll be back on the third. Unless everybody. the thought police uh, intend to find us uh, and, and succeed in doing so. Uh, but until that such time, I How can the bid... thought police beat a Sasquatch and a unicorn there, Josh? That seems <laughs> that seems implausible. I bid uh, the wonderful Victoria and my young Glaucon adieu uh, until next time. See you guys. Toodles.